Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Work-Life Wine Time podcast, the podcast for Australian women in business who are looking for connection and support of other women who are sharing the same business journey. And again, welcome. It's Gemma here with you today, and I'm so excited to connect you with our guest today. Her name is Melissa McGowan. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Gemma. Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, keeping cool today. As I said, I just had a swim in the ocean and it was nice and fresh this morning. So I'm, I'm reinvigorated. Absolutely. You're here and ready to go. So let's get dug into it. And first of all, can you tell our listeners um, who you are and what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Melissa McGowan. I am a leadership coach, a menopause champion and warrior myself. So I advocate now for other women. I'm a pancake worshipper. I'm a mum of four kids. And for 20 years, I worked in corporate environments in sort of senior people and culture leadership uh, roles and now I have my own business which is called Menno Collective and that really has been birthed I guess as a result of my challenges myself sort of struggling over a number of years like low energy and, and confidence and a raft of sort of things that were going on with me unknowingly I didn't know what you know I wasn't connecting the dots on what they were that you know compelled me just to kind of keep going and push on and try and cope um, And we know now that one in 10 women leave their job due to the symptoms of menopause and that that essentially was me. And I'll never forget the day that I was walking with my husband. It was probably about four years ago now. And I just broke down and said, I can't do this anymore. You know, and I was the breadwinner. Mm. He was actually the one running the house and uh, managing the kids. And I travelled frequently and I just said to him, you know, I can only see two options here is that I keep going and further risk my health, which is already impacting, you know, me, our family and and my work and really burn myself out or I quit my job and my stable kind of high-paid job as a breadwinner without a backup plan. And it was this sort of binary choice. It was kind of one or the other. And, you know, that wasn't great, right? It was a bit of a a lose-lose situation. And clearly I needed a a third option, uh, which I didn't have at that time so you know I I look back now and I kind of call them the I don't know the lost hot sad exhausted years and there was probably about five of them for me where it was a long journey to figure out what was going with my health and in fact it was um, you know a premature menopause at sort of in my early 40s Um, but yeah I've got that third option now and I've I've birthed the business and I'm really passionate about supporting other women and really just starting a menopause movement so that there is more awareness and women can be a little bit more aware and prepared so that they can uh, hopefully survive and thrive. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, 
It's an interesting one. So, you know, thanks for being here and, and speaking about it because um, we were just having a little chat before we hit record, but, you know, I'm in my late 30s and I never really think about menopause, but of course it's something that will affect all women. And like yourself, you said you had it earlier. Who knows what's to come, right? Yeah, and I think I think what's great is... I'm going to say like the the women slightly younger, you know, than me and and probably your age and younger are really starting to uh, get into rhythm and honour their bodies more around their monthly cycle and understand how that impacts them and their health and their their business journey as, you know, your audience are focused on here and figuring out how they can sort of optimise their their productivity and their wellbeing around their cycle. So I think menopause sort of becomes an extension of that. So I love that. You know, there are organisations introducing menstrual leave and these sorts of things. It's just about raising more awareness around how these things impact women. And when I was I was running a webinar the other day and I had a lot of questions from women in their 30s just sort of thinking about, you know, what, what could I be doing at this life stage around my stress and, you know, reducing burnout sort of risk factors so that when I do approach midlife, let's say, or in my, in my 40s, I'm going to be in a better position health-wise to hopefully have a positive menopause experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I sort of had the thought in my head, uh, I'm thinking, don't tell me just when you start to figure out your cycle and everything that's going on there, and then you have to start to re-figure out something else, right? It's like it just keeps going for women, you know? It does just keep going for women. And (laughs) it is a little bit like that. Yeah. But I think if you you know, if you're tuning into your body a little bit more over time, then you're well prepared, you know, whereas if I contrast my experience in the corporate world back when I was in it and in a pretty male-dominated environment, mm. I think the combination of this, the stigma and the silence around menopause and the culture that I was operating in and the sort of, you know, corporate sort of culture of, you know, push on, get stuff done, is that I was also silencing my body. So I was quite disconnected mm. from what was going on. And then additionally, you know, doctors were like, oh, it's your thyroid, it's your gut health, it's your this, it's the, your that, you know. And it took a lot of years and a lot of blood tests and lots of supplements and throwing things at the wall. So, you know, that's why I kind of talk about these things that I love women to know now, and not even just women, even men, to know now about menopause. So regardless of their age, you know, and, and I think the first thing I often say to people is menopause is now coming out because that silence hasn't helped us. And you and I were just chatting, you know, about that idea of like, what did our mums tell us about menopause, you know, and for some, it might've been like, you know, it's over in a day, but that's something the listeners might think about is like, gee, what did my mum tell me? Did she sort of say much at all? Or was it like awful or, you know, and I, I think that's kind of where our first frame around this comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, like, we might as well get stuck into it since we already are, but we are discussing navigating, of course, menopause and running a business. Um, so first of all, tell us, you know, from personal experience and then I guess in, in general, but of course, every woman's going to be different, right? Yeah. How can it affect your life? Like, how does menopause affect your life? Yeah, and it's a great place to start and, and, and essentially even just having this conversation is already going to have a, mm. you know, a positive impact um, for women. So, uh, look, all women experience menopause 
and 80% of those women, and I'm, and I'm saying when pausing on women because there are also uh, trans people and non-binary that, that can experience menopause too, but, um, you know, for the most part it is women and 80% of those women will experience the symptoms or the impacts of menopause that play out, like you said, in, in life and work. Now, about 25% of women will have more debilitating uh, symptoms Mm. And, you know, that that really can even be more bothersome, particularly when they're not sure what's going on and they're not getting perhaps the support they need. Um, and we've done some research on that on this with real women. And that that's unfortunately the theme is can be hard to get the support or just know what's going on. So women kind of turn to their friends or maybe their mum, you know, and knowledge is kind of power on this one. So if I just give a brief kind of overview of, you know, what, what is menopause, I guess, just to ground us all, because to be honest, I didn't know much about perimenopause when I was in it, you know. Yeah. So I've learned a lot since then. And, and often isn't it the case that it's not until you're sort of in crisis that you're suddenly going out, you know, you're seeking information on something. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially menopause is that it's a transitional uh, and life change from the, the reproductive years to the post-reproductive years. So that cycle, if you like, there are three stages, but that can take a long time, like often, you know, up to sort of 10 years. Now, the newer term that we hear about now is perimenopause, and perimenopause describes the lead-up to the event when when your period finally stops. Mm -hmm. And that is like the most symptomatic and, you know, that can be the most challenging time, and that... You know, it's not about age, it's about hormones, but that tends to happen to women in their 40s. And the average of that perimenopause phase is around four years, but it can be longer. And then we get to the stage of menopause, which technically is a day. It's a day once you've had 12 months of no period. It's the day after that. That is menopause. And then you're postmenopausal. Get out. For the rest of your life. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So I'm now, you know, postmenopausal, which doesn't mean, you know, by the way, like it's all over, you know, as in it's not all over in terms of life's not all over, but also some of the, um, the effects of menopause don't just suddenly, you know, stop because we're not getting our periods anymore. But there's a lot of um, really positive things that can happen as well. So I don't want it to be doom and gloom but I it is about hormones it's not sort of about age and, and knowledge is power so I'm glad we're talking about it because it really does impact women in their in their life and their work yeah right so that's because I've I've been seeing and reading and hearing peri you know menopause and I'm like I don't know what that is so that can be up to a four-year period and is that that's when you your period starting to stop yeah so the yeah, right. um irregular periods is one of the the more common uh, earlier signs but it, it's so unique right yeah, this is okay. the <laughs> this yeah. is the the challenge that it's like you know guess how many symptoms there are yeah well it's like it's over amazing. 40 yeah so yeah. just to bring a bit of color to what those symptoms are yeah and i like to because it's kind of like this sort of warning you know they're they're kind of I don't like to use the term diagnosed with menopause because 
it's not an illness, right? But and the same way we don't diagnose puberty, you know, we don't need to necessarily diagnose menopause unless perhaps you are younger. Um, but those, yeah, the, the irregular periods, things start to shift around. There can be a lot of like flooding, very heavy periods. But then the more common things we hear about that a lot of women experience are things like hot flushes, right? Temperature mm-hmm. changes, sleep disturbance, night sweats, um, psychological issues like mood swings, anxiety, and memory loss, which you know, is worth sort of touching on a little bit later maybe because that uh, is very scary. Like when that happened to me and I didn't know what was going on and you're sort of in a meeting or you're with a client and you're in the middle of talking and suddenly you literally lose the word. It's just like a, a, a word hole, like you just don't know. Wow. You've forgotten your train of thought, right? So we hear that called sort of brain fog or memory loss, but when you don't know what's going on mm. and that's happening to you, you really do think, you know, you're losing it. Um, but there's lots of other symptoms that maybe we don't hear about as much that, I mean, for me, I had a lot of hair loss, um, similar to maybe some women after they've had children, you know, it can really, the hormones can really impact then as well. Um, I, you know, it had a lot of dizziness, sinus, like there was a whole range of, of things. Um, and most women will recognize some changes. And then there's a few lucky ones that just kind of breeze on through. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's kind of almost like a waiting game, right? <laughs> it is. How's it um, going to affect me, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I think this is where the knowledge is power. So Absolutely. menopause symptoms love stress, i.e. they worsen with stress, right? They thrive on stress. Really? And a lot of them, uh, they originate in the brain. So we think about the bits of a woman that we, you know, keep under a bikini. Yeah. Menopause is really a, a neurological process as well. Huh. So there's a great neurologist who talks about this idea that stress is what steals our sex hormones. Yeah, so so stress in, in your 30s and what you're bringing into your 40s, you know, it's already a time of life. We've got a lot going on, right? Yeah. So just being aware of this idea of, okay, Stress management for many of us, I mean, you know, the data showing like everyone's pretty stressed right now, but at least having more conversation about this, I think can make it help women say, well, what can I do to sort of reduce any burnout that might, you know, that I might be experiencing so that when I do reach perimenopause, I'm not just sort of pouring, you know, gasoline on that one, which really makes it um, a lot more challenging. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, yeah, I just wrote that down actually, because earlier you did mention burnout. So I'm really curious to know how, you know, burnout, at, whether it's your working life or in your business, how that affects you with, yeah. I guess, perimenopause, if that's the yeah, one day and I, thing, and right? Yeah, no. And look, I'll often use the term menopause just as a general yeah. term, but yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Look, the physiology of burnout right how burnout the symptoms of burnout if you like can be very similar you know to some of these things that go on during menopause yeah you know, burnout doesn't happen overnight neither does neither does perimenopause you know burnout often starts with us sort of having a bit of a compulsion to push ourselves you know then we can sometimes as women so many pots on the stove we can you know deny like our own needs and you know it's hard to look after ourselves and on it goes to we end up feeling, 
in a more chronic situation of um, exhaustion and emotional, you know, depletion. And, you know, menopause uh, can be can be quite similar. So if you think about the intersection of, say, b- burnout, the physiology of burnout and menopause, but, you know, menopause is, is mental health. And we're, you know, we're talking about mental health more and more, aren't we? Like it's, it's, I don't think we've ever heard so much about, you know, genuine empathy and seeking to understand mental health as we have, whether it's with our kids um, or at work over the last couple of years. And the psychological kind of impacts of menopause, which a lot of women experience, go to the heart of, of mental health. So I think, you know, burnout is something we can manage in our 30s and 40s and just be really cognizant of. But also then understanding that, you know, the psychological part of, of, um, of menopause, I think, is also just empowering to know that. Yeah, for sure. So what, what sort of emotional changes do you think can happen with, um, within menopause? What's happening? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I guess if I, you know, talk about myself, but I, I speak to women, you know, daily, headline is a loss of confidence. So you think about women, you know, going into at, at, at a career stage, I guess, where they're, they're building up their businesses, they've built great businesses, or they're maybe in, um, you know, corporate roles and, you know, they're in decision-making roles or they're stepping into high levels of leadership. And then the symptoms of menopause are sort of, you know, impacting them in a range of different ways. Self-doubt, anxiety become very common. So I used, I felt for about two years, I really struggled to sleep. And, you know, we've got four kids, two of them are twins. We'd sort of done, you know, we'd done our time with like babies and all of that sort of stuff. Like, so, you know, sleep disturbance was, I certainly wasn't new to, this was like a whole new level. This is like uh, sort of some insomnia and, 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 you know, wakefulness during the night. And so, that idea of being awake from two till four and then you finally fall asleep and then the alarm goes off and, yeah. you know, you're up with the kids and you're looking at, you know, what meetings have I got on that day? So I'd never experienced anxiety before and then I started feeling it and heart palpitations mm. and then a lot of hot flushes. So you start to get a bit of a, a downward cycle and then work stress has proven to make, you know, all of that worse. Um so, yeah, it, it, it can be quite challenging, those sort of psychological, yeah, anxiety, depression, loss of confidence and um, concentration are some of the more challenging, you know, psychological impacts. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about this idea that, you know, we, we turn, you hear about midlife crisis and she calls it like the, an unravelling. And I think that's a great term because it's kind of, kind of slower it's like this sort of little nudges along and it's sort of low grade stuff and you're sort of putting up with it and as women you know we often do but you're, you're suffering at the same time you're sort of pretending that it's all sort of okay mm. so that can be some of the things that you know women who maybe are resonating with burnout might feel a little bit that way as well yeah for sure and and, and earlier you did say it was one in ten women leave their jobs because of of menopause yeah 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 you can sort of see why <laughs> that's right if they, and it makes so yeah. much sense especially if you're really increasing in in lower confidence and anxiety it's a very challenging time 
yeah, I've, I've had a number of women in my community sort of say, you know, I had to, felt like I had to quit my job mm. for my health. And I'm like, you know, I sort of, I get that. So that's what we want to prevent, right? So we don't want the yeah. companies to lose their talent. But we also, I mean, what about women running their own businesses? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want that happening to them either. So, yeah, but the good thing is there is, there's definitely things we can do. Yeah. You know, and I, I keep coming back to this idea that knowledge is power because I tried, you know, you sort of look for the silver bullet. You want to try like every product out there, like, you know, every supplement. And I used to travel to the US and Europe and I'd be like bringing back, you know, suitcases full of different supplements. Um, and we probably don't have time to go into too much, but, you know, there are a great range of things from nutritional to lifestyle to things like, hormone replacement therapy or menopause hormone therapy they call it now Mm. and then and then things like moving you know like exercise is really beneficial uh to all of us you know in terms of recovery right like it's the only real antidote to stress that we have is to recharge our batteries and exercise is as you know as we all know is a key kind of part of that and that's certainly the case in sort of perimenopause and menopause Uh, it kind of is proven to reduce a lot of the symptoms. It's just that how you might exercise might change, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah, so there's, there's, there's a lot you can do uh, once you kind of know what's going on and you can try and get some good support. Yeah, well, of course. So I guess delving into, uh, you know, the business world and us business owners, um, how what do you sort of suggest that are, I guess, to manage your time and energy with menopause with your business what's the best way to sort of you know navigate through that because I imagine the way you're usually running business may change yeah and often again often that doesn't change for us you know as humans until we really need to change it you know Mm. and this is generally one of those times um you know I think I think I'm obviously a big advocate for women investing in their growth mm-hmm. uh, and when they get to this life stage not trying to figure it out all on your own so you know mm-hmm. by contrast to when I had young kids getting some help around the house you know whether that's a cleaner or help with the kids or whatever that is outsourcing some stuff is one of the best things you can do for your career really as you then move into sort of you know this midlife health phase it's, it's a similar thing, but you need to think about that being, you know, different sort of support perhaps for your, your growth and uh, menopause so that you're not just trying to figure it all out on your own and you're losing time and, it's, and you know, you're struggling. So I, I think that's a pretty big one to really protect your, your health and your career proactively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, be, I did. I became obsessed with energy management. Uh, that's that's kind of a, a real obsession of mine and I teach that as well. And that's why I personally got into it because I recognise that, you know, how I feel affects everything and there are th- certain things that I can do to feel relaxed, strong, confident, you know, but I've got to sort of take the ownership and, it's, and they can't be things that feel overwhelming. Um, they need to be small things that I can do often to recharge, you know, my batteries and, and recover. And I sort of shifted to this 
I have to still practice it. I mean, even this morning I had to practice this, this idea that prioritising my energy first before my doing, you know, so I sort of have this thing, energy then action, because I was used to just doing all the action and then I'd sort of leave whatever time was left, I'd, you know, try to look after myself and that, that just didn't work anymore. So I have to try and flip that and prioritise, you know, whether you want to call it self-care, but, you know, it's things like sleep and moving your body and, you know, catching up with a friend or whatever that is. So it's the things we hear a lot of people talk about, but, you know, common sense isn't common practice on this one. So this is where women, you know, often need that support and, and accountability to um, take better care of themselves. Oh, absolutely. And my, my, my <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but my ears and my eyes and well, you can't see my brain, but my brain just went ping. So my, what is energy management? Tell me everything. Because <laughs> that just sounds like exactly my jam. Like, tell me everything. That sounds amazing. And it, it's, it's really interesting you bring that up because a common theme here at Work Life Wine Time and as well in, um, my business, uh, it, it's a lot of what we're talking about that unless you've got that energy there, yeah. you know, you're not going to be functioning at your highest. You actually need to make more time. Again, whether you're calling it self-care or whatever, you need to make that time for true energy, I guess, rejuvenation totally. to function at your best. So please tell me everything about <laughs> energy management. And I actually love, love that. I almost so I, like, I, yeah, I call it, I call it, um, you know, I run programs on this, but I call it becoming your own chief energy officer because mm. at the end of the day, you know, there's always going to be stress in work and life, isn't there? Yeah. Like it's not, it's not going anywhere. And we know that without this sort of recovery, um, our well-being is, our long-term well-being is impacted. So, you know, I do challenge myself and, and the people that, you know, I work with to, to manage their energy first and foremost, not just their time, but to do it in a sort of practical way because, you know, so many of us are used to being in that rushed reactionary kind of survival mode, right? You know, mm. like getting shit done. We're just, we feel like we're putting out fires. We're bopping from meeting to meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking after others. Yeah. We're constantly drawing on our energy. Yeah. And we're, we're not necessarily thinking about actually, is this me at my best? You know, when I, and I do this simple exercise and just say to people, like think about a recent time where you feel really pleased with how you, I don't know, perform, showed up, worked through something and get them to connect the dots between how they actually felt at that, as the, in that situation because we don't think about how we feel. And how we feel in, and when we're in that sort of space is often, you know, confident, focused, open, whatever it is. Now, how can we do things to put ourselves in that kind of energetic space more often and just recognise when we're in survival zone? So the, the solution is to, is to recharge, you know, and to recharge the batteries and just start with kind of movement and sleep, but just a little bit every day, something every day to recharge your batteries so that you can be in what I call your success zone more often, which is, you know, you at your best. Because as we know, like, you know, when I was deep in perimenopause and crying all weekend or in bed all weekend and my kids were like, whoa, what's going on with mum again? You know, your energy impacts people that work with you, for you, your family, yourself, how you talk to yourself. So we all know this, but it's just making it 
accessible for people to say, hey, what, what part can I take ownership of in a way that's going to be, you know, achievable so that I don't do that all or nothing thing and kind of say, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour and a half and then the next day we fall off and we're like, oh, I'll stuff that. I'm not going to go to the gym anymore. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of short self, like what's the smallest thing you can do to, yeah. to commit to yourself each day yeah. to recharge your batteries, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I, I even think, you know, instead of if we are in one of those days where we're pushing through and we all do them, I know I do. <laughs> we all do. And, you know, instead of like that sort of 3 p.m. fix, you know, maybe picking up a, I don't know what people do, maybe pick up a soft drink or pick up, I don't know, even a banana or a cake or whatever, um, you know, I always say to them, I might like, just do, even just do 10 star jumps. Totally. On the spot. And it changes everything. Just 10, 10 star jumps. Yeah. You and that, that's so good, isn't it? Because like it's so counterintuitive for high achieving women. Like we want it to be harder than that. Yeah. And God, oh, surely I should do a hundred. Or maybe I should like, you know, and then once you finally realize, oh, I've just been getting in my own way for years, I'm just gonna do the 10. Yes. Or I've got another client who said to me the other day, she said, now that I do this 10-minute walk every afternoon, she's like, it is a game changer because I can be focus still at five or four thirty like I was at nine but it's so counterintuitive yes yes and that that's yeah it's so funny you say that because <laughs> you know it's like of course usually I would go for a hundred but <laughs> you know it's like have we met in the past life but it's never that all or nothing right if you've if you've just got that time t- 10 star jumps on the spot yeah. can just shift everything it really it just changes that energy level changes your energy because we are like yeah we're the vessel of energy aren't we and that and when we've got energy we can have we can have impact so just with everything you were saying there like if women are starting to just practice that energy management in their 30s they're going to be so much better positioned for menopause yeah oh yes winning at something (laughs) Totally, totally. It's it's so funny and I never thought of that. It probably is a high achiever thing, right, that it's like oh, oh, nothing, like I've got to do, you know, 6,000 kilometres, I can't just walk around the block. I mean. It is. I mean, it's it's called dictumous thinking in the psych world, but it is. It's it's a thing and it taps into that inner critic stuff because then if we're not, you know, if we're not giving it our all, then it's nothing. And if it's nothing, we failed. And then, oh, and I am a failure. So this, like, this learning to have self-compassion has been one of my biggest, you know, learnings and journeys through, you know, the last six or eight years through this sort of menopause transition because for so long I think I was just my own worst enemy, you know, and it's great to have coaches, you know. I think you're a coach, I'm a coach, but, hey, we want want women to be their own best coach until, until we start to get, you know, into this idea of, wow, where are we getting in our own way? So this is the liberation that can happen through this kind of transition at this stage of life that, and I call it minnow possibilities. But, yeah, you, you know, you can, you can start to learn to become kinder to yourself, really. Yeah, yeah and it's, yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because that was going to be my next question. I imagine, at, you know, what level of self-kindness, what level of patience would, you know, you need with yourself through change yeah 
Oh, yeah, and even identity, right? It took me a while to get my head around the fact that this is a hormonal change, you know, and it's not about my age. Like it doesn't mean I'm an old lady and on the shelf, you know. Mm. So there's this whole process. And when you're, you know, when you're not sleeping and you're sweating through another meeting or you're wondering where that spring in your step's gone, it's hard to see menopause as a positive time at that at that stage. Yeah. So if there are women listening when you're in that, and I, I call that menowhelm, when I'm like there's so much going on and on top of everything else you're trying to find solutions to feel better. Like it's just exhausting. Yeah. But it doesn't stay like that. And so, you, you know, I learned that menopause is um, it's like a tunnel. It's not a cave, you know. So despite like the difficulties that you, that you can have, that a lot of positive changes can come through it. And some of those are also supported by physical changes. So the brain, the circuitry of the brain changes and literally biologically to help women care just a bit less about everyone else, a little bit less about kids, a little bit freer in terms of how they might say things. You know, so this idea of like holding some boundaries, mm. you know, and, and changing our priorities, like making yourself a bit more of a priority which can then open you up to different things. But there's a process to go through. And, you know, when I was having hot flushes all the time at work and you'd just be sort of trying to look capable and competent and you're just melting, you know, it's easy to mix those together and feel like you're worried about you being perceived as, as less competent because you're literally having, you know, you're melting, right? Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of positive things that come from this. And that's, again, the more we talk about it, the more women learn about it, the more they can, you know, own their experience uh, and what's thrown at them at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's just fascinating. Um, and before I forget, one of our work wife wine time questions that we yeah. must ask you, of course, is uh, what does collaboration over competition mean for you oh that's a good one <laughs> for me right now that that is around creating a movement with other women mm. around this cause that I'm so passionate about and there are people doing lots of different sorts of work on this this is I feel like this is a global movement being led by women to really help uh, enhance equality and economy so I'm, it's partnerships, it's um, learning together because none of us have all the answers on this particularly, you know, this is, we're all learning on this. There hasn't been enough research on this. Mm. So I think it's, it's being unified in um, a purpose and a why. And when that is beyond you, then collaboration over, you know, competition is the only way to get there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I love it. And tell us where, where can our li listeners find you? Um, yeah, different places, but <laughs> I probably, you know, I guess in, in having empathy with listeners who might be experiencing and navigating menopause work and life right now, mm -hmm. I would guide them to my um, a resource that I've got, which is a hot flush relief toolkit that that made it it was a game changer for me and 
you know, for those who are experiencing hot flushes and, and looking for some support to reduce those that, you know, I really recommend they go and grab that. So they can do that at um, freemenoguide.com. Okay. Yeah, right. That's, that's fabulous. Oh, I love it. Um, and anywhere else, where else can we find you? Um, you can check me. I'm on um, Instagram, Menno Collective, mm-hmm. uh, and on LinkedIn as well. Fabulous. Yeah. Love it. So tell us, of course, what's what's your final final thought, key takeaway? What's What do you need a reminder of? Tell us. I mean, I think I've sort of, I probably feel like I've been a crack record, but <laughs> I think, you know, we're going to live in the year 21, uh, 07, we're going to live, it's going to be the norm to live to 100. So we need to invest in our growth, right? Whatever that means for you at this stage, whether it's sort of business growth, leadership support. But if you are at this stage or you're coming into it, menopause support is the best way to protect and grow your midlife career. And then for everyone else, this idea of just being aware and prepared, this is a hormonal change. It's going to happen. So manage your stress. Keep moving your body and know that um, knowledge is power. That's how you're going to become your own expert. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having the the menopause chat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was an absolute pleasure to have it. Thanks for, um, yeah, the awareness and and bringing it onto the podcast. What a fabulous, yeah, topic to talk about. Well, thanks for it because this all helps reduce stigma, like us just talking about it. So thanks for that. Oh, you're so welcome. Oh, I love it. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of Work Wife Wine Time. So as always, you kick us women, fellow work wives. Remember, you're not alone because collaboration is power. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.